This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to age time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Sports Radio 610. I am Sean Bajani, and he is Brandon K. Scott. We are in for Payne and Pendergast. It's good to be with you this morning. How's it going? Happy Monday. Man, it is going good. This is the most energetic I think I've ever been for a morning show that we've done together. It's no secret, guys. Oh, really? At this point, I, I can just let the cat out of the bag. I don't necessarily enjoy waking up this this early, and not just waking up this early, but having to be on Having to be personable, it's not really my my kids can tell you, know, you having to be a functional human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not really my thing. My kids yeah. can tell you like, daddy's not the most pleasant person in the morning. But I've already had like a whole pot of coffee. I'm on like my my fourth or fifth cup. Yeah, and and you saw me when I bust in here, man. I had all the energy in the world, so I'm ready to do this thing, man. Yeah, Let's well, I know. Let's I'm, do it. I get. I, I pull in and I, I pull out my phone, you know, just to check the rundown because I had an idea. So I type something and then I see somebody else typing. I'm like, okay, B Scott's working on it a little bit this morning. Yep. And then I pop by your office and I didn't see in there. I'm like, oh, he's probably chilling at the house, working. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, he's up. Yep. <laughs> so I'm that's up. a good thing. I'm but up. it was. It's always a concern of mine doing a morning show for the first time in a long time because you know you're here, but is your partner? Yeah. ready to be here or is he here already uh because I, monday sneaks up and i i always have this thing about me because you texted me what was it friday yeah and i was like i literally totally forgot we were doing the show on monday <laughs> and normally my ocd ass and ben knows this i will have sent a google doc out like friday morning if i know i'm hosting monday the google doc is there and there's already ideas in it for the show like three days in advance and i yeah. hadn't done that so you guys were probably wondering like yeah and i was spending as much as much time as i possibly could making myself someone that you and ben would want <laughs> to be around for four hours same same so so it was important that i become that person before i just showed up fair and i'm glad you are you <laughs> always are we always have a good time and we want you to be a part of it too if you'd like to be a part of the show 713-572-4610 that is the number to the trailer wheel and frame text line we'd love to hear from you yeah we'd love to hear from you um via the text line you can also hit us up on twitter at brandon k scott at sean Bajani, and of course if you'd like to uh, give us a hot take, talk some ball with us, 713-572-4610 on the phone lines. You pulled up the text message like almost immediately when you came to the studio, and you saw this text message from, what, six, almost seven hours ago. Yeah. 
University of Houston men's basketball, seven straight wins, not a word or highlight on ESPN. Women college basketball got more airtime. I feel like that's uh, a pretty common feeling, typically, with any University of Houston or college sport period here in the city of Houston. Yeah. But particularly when you've got the number two team in the nation doing what they're doing and getting a huge win yesterday over Memphis, the best team that they'd seen probably since West Virginia, which knocked them off just about a week after Alabama handed them their first loss this season. The only two opponents that they've played this year uh, that were ranked currently. I have to tell you this, though. Get ready to hear about them because I trust in Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway, if you're not familiar, uh, the head coach of the Memphis Tiger basketball team, whom the Cougars beat yesterday at Fertitta Center, said after the game, quote, I am encouraged. He was asked about like his team's performance, and he says, quote, I am encouraged because that team is going to be number one in the nation tomorrow, yeah. end quote. And he should be so Spot on. So right. I thought the Cougs probably should have been the number one team in the nation this past week, but I think their schedule had a lot to do with it, being is that they had like seven or eight days off, their longest stretch of the season. But they'll be number one in the number one in the nation again, I think, uh here in just a few short hours. Yeah, and it's not just it's not just the fact that they hadn't played, but I mean, let's just face it, they don't have a lot of peers in the mm-hmm. American Athletic Conference. Like they're they are now in the – it's funny, the conference schedule is supposed to be the nitty-gritty when it gets real, but for the Cougars – Yeah, it's it, just it, not, and it never has yeah, been. Yeah, it's the soft spot of the schedule. The, yeah. the, the meat and potatoes of the schedule is the soft spot of it. And so then you talk about a program that's going to benefit from the conference change or the realignment, however you want to characterize that. It's going to be the Cougars because the best basketball conference right now in college basketball – is the Big 12 where the University of Houston is headed. So, uh, like, usually you just imagine if U of H was in the mix of those, like you mentioned you mentioned them playing against West Virginia, but the the Baylors and Kansases and Texases of the world, like, U of H is right on par with them, if not better. Like, oh, they should right. be the number one team in the nation. And well, so, and they, because they've beat those yeah, teams right. before. You know, yeah. th- this is not the first year University of Houston has been doing this. Now this is the first time in 40 years that they were at one point in time, and now it's been twice and about to be three times this regular season, they'll have been ranked number one in the country. But they've been really good for about the last five, six years. They were arguably maybe had the best team that we've ever seen. I think it was the year before COVID, and I can't remember who they lost to in the Sweet 16, but that team... Or is that the Michigan one when Jordan Poole knocks him out? I think it was. I think that was Michigan. It might, might be. be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking this is the best U of H basketball team I've ever seen in my life, like and, by a lot. And I feel that way now this year. But and because I was going to say, all they do is continue to replicate it. Yes. Like every year, you look up. Like I was looking at them yesterday and just thinking about like I'm watching Tremont Mark and. The the freshman Jarris Walker, Jarris Walker, man, and I'm amazing. like, I'm looking at them like, man, they just keep turning them in and turning them out. Like the, you know, Fabian, it felt like Fabian, Fabian is, White, Fabian White, I was gonna call him Fabian, but Fabian White, it felt like he was on the team for ten years. It felt, it felt well, like he, he was like he had a Case Keenum kind of career here. Yeah, <laughs> he's won more basketball games than any other Cougar player in history. He was here for so long, yeah, but, healthy for so long. But out goes Fabian White. It comes this Kit Walker. You're like, man, they they have found a way 
Um, and I think the transfer portal has had a lot to do with it as well. They're able yeah. to just go get guys um, and, and just kind of the the dynamics of college sports, including with the transfer portal, allows it to where you can replenish your talent just like that. Yeah. Uh, my point is, in just response, six, seven hours late to the texture, though, people will be talking about this University of Houston Cougar basketball team. A lot more going forward. They've just got, what, uh, uh, I believe four regular season games remaining uh, two home games left, so you had not been out to Fertitta Center. Get out there. It's an amazing environment. I think that place only holds 7,000 people, but the reported attendance yesterday because of SROs was like almost 7,800 people. Really? It only holds 7,000 people? Yeah, it's actually two. I think it's, I think Old Hoffine's Pavilion held nine at one point. It was like nine or nine one. And, you know, when Drexler became head coach, like, they kind of did a redesign, and he made a whole bunch of those weird, awkward-looking suites at the very top of the concourse, mm-hmm. which took some seating away. So it, it might have hampered that kind of drastically, you know, brought it down to like 79. But that is the loudest 7,000 fans you'll ever hear in your life. I love going to those games. It's the it's one of the best sports atmospheres in the entire city. Yeah, it was the last. Especially for your money. It was the last sporting event that I went to pre-COVID, and it was a U of H Memphis game. The, oh, awesome. The, it was the conference, <laughs> the, you know, the season finale, right? Yeah. Before, I mean, they were about to go to the conference tournament, literally, and then the world shut yeah. down Yeah. Uh, a, a few days later, it seems like. So that that was the last live sporting event that I attended before the world shut down three years ago. Inside so, 40 yeah. days, by the way, B. Scott, and I know uh, you and I will probably be there uh, covering this, uh, the Final Four in yeah. H-Town. And hopefully they get to play double host. Yeah. Not only is the city of Houston, but maybe the Houston Cougars are hosting the Final Four themselves. That is the expectation. Yeah, and, and to the texter's point, too, like I, I wonder how much of that has to do with, and, and you know, he mentions that, or whoever the texter is mentions, I'm assuming it's not a woman because they lament that women's basketball got more coverage, but just basketball in general. And I know All-Star Weekend was this weekend with the NBA, and there were a lot of really good college basketball games, but I just wonder how much basketball really in general, NBA and college, but then college more specifically, how much it is capturing the national attention span. Like, I, I wonder if that is just what the case is and if, if it's just sort of a lost its luster a little bit, because I feel like I feel like more more so than any other time, it's become a bit of a regional sport, you know, and, college basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're in that area and if you're of that alumni base, it matters. But maybe outside I think you're of probably that, probably right. I mean, there's no Duke. There's no Kentucky. There's no, you know, yeah. Gonzaga, Villanova top, you know, the, the country. Yeah. But it's cool. Though. The University of Houston. There's 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 H town. Yeah, H-Town. The there's Cougars, H-Town. The, the Cougars are there. You so. can turn that around. He's Brandon K. Scott. I'm Sean Bajanian for Payne and Pendergast this morning. At the 23 mark of every hour during the show this morning, we're going to bring you a player that we think the Houston Texans should absolutely consider at the number 12 overall pick. And this is under the presumption that they have gotten their quarterback at number two overall maybe even number one, but under the presumption they have their quarterback nonetheless. And so we will uh, take a gander at that when we return. Keep it right here at Sports Radio 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Pain and Pendergast. Welcome back at Sports Radio 610. In for Pain and Pendergast, I am Sean Bajani. He's Brandon K. Scott. Good to be with you guys this morning. If you'd like to be a part of the show, 713-572-4610. You can hit us that way on the trailer, real and frame text line. Many of you already have with your football takes uh, at 618 this morning. I'm loving it. That's what we're here for, to talk some ball anytime and all the time. Um, Brooks Cabina and Jonathan Alexander, those guys do a terrific job uh, covering football, specifically the Houston Texans here in town for the Houston Chronicle. They've been um, mocking away and looking at what the Texans should do, should consider uh, with the upcoming first round picks in the uh, April draft. And this is under the presumption that, you know, the Texans have already gotten their quarterback at number two or even at number one, whatever the case may be, because it's not going to end up being what it currently is on paper. Um, Teams will move around. It just happens, and you love it. We love it. This is what we're here for. But what should the Texans do at number 12, B. Scott, if, in fact, they do get that quarterback uh, with their first pick in the 2023 draft? I think it kind of comes down to just position groups. So we'll take a look at three. I think it was Jonathan Alexander who put this together a few days ago via yep. the Chronicle. Yep, yep. And it, it basically boils down to a D lineman, a corner, somebody in the secondary, and a receiver. Yeah. Everybody's been talking about receiver that I've been listening to over the course of the last, I feel like the last month, really. It's like, man, they need another receiver. So I've got three of them for you uh, via Jonathan Alexander. And the first one we'll take... And by the way, they're all three very different receivers, which should make this conversation pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, but the first one, big guy from TCU, uh, Quentin Johnston. And I say big guy because he's huge. He's 6'4", 215, and was one of the best uh, pass catchers in all of college football this season. Yeah, and, and he's actually, like physically, the physical profile really mirrors something that you already have in Nico Collins, uh-huh. and you're still trying to figure out exactly what Nico Collins is. 
And now this is going to be the third. This is going to be the third offense that Nico Collins plays in, and you know, in his third season, it's and it's crazy the third offense in yeah. as many seasons. And you still don't feel like you have necessarily a great idea for exactly what he is. I feel like it should be by far the best one, and we haven't even seen anything yet from Bobby Slowick. Yeah, we haven't seen anything from Bobby <laughs> Slowick, but even with Nico, like before the injuries kind of derailed his season a little bit and he missed some time there in the middle of the year, he was inching toward being at least what seemed like the number one option or the number one red zone option. Like there, there seemed to be a development or a next step that Nico Collins was taking that Maybe you didn't see very, very early on in the season, but you were hoping to see at some point for him. So I could see for a lot of Texans fans, and I'd love to know what y'all think, seven one three five seven two four six ten. but I could see for a lot of people thinking that this is just sort of redundant by picking up Quentin Johnson if you already have somebody that's similar to him in Nico Collins. But I would, I would say to look beyond just the size because Nico, Nico to me is more of a really big red zone threat. Whereas Quentin Johnston could be a guy that you rely on just, you know, throughout a drive Mm -hmm. and is a big yard after the catch guy. And especially now that they're bringing the West Coast system, especially or specifically now that they're bringing in the Shanahan system, you want more than anything yards after the catch type of guys. There's going to be a lot of short and intermediate stuff for guys to break tackles and to make plays in the open field. And to the the credit of these three receivers that we're going to talk about, Quentin Johnson, uh, Jordan Addison, uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, all three of them are those types of playmakers. Now, Addison, who we'll talk about in a second, is a smaller guy. But Quentin Johnston, the prototypical – you want to talk about prototypical size? For everything that Bryce Young lacks in prototypical size for a quarterback, Quentin Johnston has in prototypical size for a wide receiver. So if you're looking for somebody that fits the physical profile – and goes and gets it after the catch, that's the guy. Now, the one thing that would be concerning that I think is concerning for a lot of people, I would say, is the recency bias of what TCU did not do in the national championship game. And I feel like he was held to, like, one catch for three yeah, yards. Yeah, he had one catch. Yeah, he was basically non-existent in the national championship game. And I think for some but people, that, team, that might take him off a little bit. The whole team in all all three facets, I mean, they were just dominated. But yeah. if, if we're going to talk about that in the same breath, that you say, well, hey, look at what C.J. Stroud did, you know, on the biggest stage, you know, and how well he played. It was one game. Okay, well, look at the body of work from Quentin Johnston. You know, okay, it was a national championship, but it was still just one game. The guy's an absolute freak. You know what I mean? So you have to take the complete body of work into it. I don't think Nico Collins, I mean, it's easy, I guess, to compare a guy who, you know, is already on the roster but just because of the size factor and what he's able to do after the catch, I'd love to see the career numbers for Andre Johnson, but the, the, the mental pictures that I have in my mind of Andre is a guy that did so well through contact yes. after the catch, specifically you know in the red zone or close to the red zone area. He obviously was not a great touchdown guy because even at times during his time here, Andre Johnson... He was off the field when the Texans were in the red zone. But I just, I have this mental picture. When he made catches, man, he'd lower that shoulder. He'd run right through you. He was so strong with the ball through contact. I kind of see some similarities there with with Quentin Johnson. That makes me excited. And then also to the fact, I want to see some competition at wide receiver. I don't care if you have a guy that is similar in stature or, um, you know, 
pretty close to what you may already have in Nico Collins. I, I'm not gifting anything to anybody that's currently on this roster. There's no. only a handful of guys that I feel like you know should be earmarked for a non-competitive, so to speak, training camp this upcoming season. There's just not that many, and wide receivers certainly not a position where I'm anointing anybody, hey, this is your job. No, I feel like, so Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard notwithstanding, I would go, there's like, Maybe three spots that are like that yeah. for me right now. I think it's running back. Damian, I was going to say Damian, Damian Pierce. Pierce. And even mm-hmm. with Damian Pierce, it depends on what they do. But Damian Pierce is somebody that's just going to certainly factor into the mix, whether it's as the starter or if they go out and get somebody that they love at running back. Like running back, it can change from year to year. I mean, this is the the city that saw Steve yeah. Slayton have the year that he had in 2008. I could maybe go, like, go six or seven positions, right? You know, right tackle, left tackle with – um, uh, Howard and, um, uh, and, and Tunsil, Tunsil, and then and certainly then Pierce, Pierce, and then Petrie, and, and Stingley. safety, Stingley at corner. Is Steven Nelson a free agent? No, he's he's back. Okay, he's then back. Steven he, Nelson. Yeah, you know? and that's it though. That's it. That is literally the list. Ma- okay, maybe maybe linebacker with Christian Harris, just because dude's gonna be out there at some point. Like yeah. I have to believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what what linebacker position, but the guy's good enough. Um, and we saw enough, I think, the la- certainly the last month of the season where he really stepped his game up yeah. and became a force. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's no more than six or seven positions. And and then they, dra- they I said drafted, they hired a linebacker as the coach. So, like, D'Amico Ryan <laughs> is the coach. You've yeah. got to figure that, like, even if Christian Harris's profile is not Mike linebacker or, like, exactly what Fred Warner did in the 49ers defense, you still have to figure that, D'Amico Ryans has a vision and an idea for what he wants Christian Harris to do or be within the framework of this defense. So, so yeah, but back to the wide receiver conversation, though, there's just a clear need there. And another point that I would make, too, about the whole size thing, mm-hmm. I've said for too long <laughs> that they don't have enough size at wide receiver. So I would yeah. not be opposed to having two guys that are of that ilk and have different play styles 100 and you know there's a couple other receivers that we want to get to um but we will hit those at the 23 mark of every hour uh during the show uh who the texans should consider with their number 12 overall pick in the upcoming april draft we did get a text message during our convo here uh in regards to john mechie does mechie coming back this season help the texans pick someone other than wide receiver in the first round I mean, I don't think so because you have to consider the fact that I shouldn't say it that way because just consider the idea that Brandon Cooks will likely be offloaded at some point this offseason via trade. Yeah. And your receiver core is very bleak at that point in time. A unproven individual like John Mechie, sure, really good in college. So was Nico Collins, you know, coming in, hasn't done anything in the NFL, unfortunately, because he's had his. Uh, illness is he's been trying to beat cancer yeah um so again he's not anointed anything he's another guy coming in healthy that hey you've got to compete you've got to win a job you've got to show show what you're made of oh. that, that's the thing the idea of what this receiver core look could look like presumably if you're able to offload cooks maybe as part of a trade deal to move up or back in a um a slot to draft you got nico collins you got john mechie maybe you've got uh, one of these receivers you take at number 12 overall. Plus, you're probably going to go get a veteran wide receiver. You need somebody else, you know, with uh, with, with with some 
Long in the tooth in the yeah, position room. Yeah, I, I'm wishing the best for John Mechie, but he cannot factor into your draft decisions. No. Anything that he gives you is a bonus, and you're happy for it. But, yeah, that, that cannot factor into the into the calculus there. Coming up next, Jose Altuve and Kyle Tucker from your Houston Astros weighed in on their current and future status with the ball club, what they had to say over the weekend. We'll share it with you next at Sports Radio 610. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I mean, it's a little tough um, just because, you know, you, you know, I've been here for a while now and, you know, I come out, come in here every day and, you know, put in the work and, you know, try and, you know, have a lot of success to the team and, you know, try and win, you know, championships and have success during the regular season playoffs and stuff, so... That's Astros right fielder Kyle Tucker over the weekend when asked about him losing his arbitration case uh, here recently with the Houston Astros. He went into it asking for seven, seven and a half million dollars, something like that. And the Astros uh, ended up winning the case against him and they will pay him five million. Still just about a four and a half million dollar raise uh, from last season to this season for Kyle Tucker who at the age of 26 and coming off seemingly, you know, 30 and 100 uh, years consecutively, dude at some point will get paid. And yeah. we're going to talk about that. He's Brandon K. Scott, Sean Bajani in for Payne and Pendergast this morning. If you'd like to be a part of the show, 713-572-4610. You can call or hit us up via the trailer wheel and frame text line. I mentioned Tucker's numbers, B. Scott. I mean, they're great. And you and I were talking during the break relative to what we've seen at that specific position in right field, and not just as a defender, not just as an off offensive player, but just the complete total package. You said top three. I went top five. I was looking for some notes. I think I, here in the last month or so, did a piece on Kyle Tucker, and you can check out on SportsRadio16.com. I called him a top five right fielder in all of baseball, but you might be right You know, when you say top three outside of Aaron Judge or somebody named Mookie Betts. Yeah. Kyle Tucker's right up there over the course of the last couple of years with uh, certainly what he's meant uh, for the position in general, defensively and offensively. Yeah, there's no question about it. Like, I I think, honestly, outside of Jordan Alvarez, when we're talking about position players, like like non-pitchers, outside of Jordan Alvarez, this is the guy. Like, this is the future. We're going to do plenty of discussing with, you know, Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve extensions and those things are going to matter. They're going to be super important. And those, those guys are legends here for good reason. But Kyle Tucker is, or at least should be like the future, a great part of the future of this franchise, somebody that they should be trying to lock up and somebody that they have tried to lock up, right? They, there were reports last year of an in season negotiation that just didn't go very far. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure the report was that he rejected whatever offer that, that it was. And then not long after that, we heard about Jordan Alvarez actually taking the offer. And, you know, those guys are in different situations and all of that. But, yeah, I mean, Kyle Tucker is somebody who is going to be a cornerstone of this franchise, or, again, at the very least should be. And when you look at it, there's no question about it. Like, the best right fielders in baseball are clearly Aaron Judge and Mookie Betts. 
and then a not so distant third is Kyle Tucker. And then after that, I mean, it's like we're talking about, I mean, Juan Soto is probably in that conversation as well. Like he he's in the conversation for probably best overall hitter in baseball. Like mm-hmm. he's he's going to be in that conversation. But when we talk about a easy, com- yeah. Uh, yeah, but a complete player, both offensively and defensively, defensively, I think you're getting a lot more from those other three guys that we mentioned, Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, and certainly Kyle Tucker, who's proven it in right field over the certainly over the last couple of years. So. So yeah, that that is somebody that they should be looking at, um, or something that I obviously they're looking at, something that we should be looking at as Astros fans and observers. Like, where does this thing go exactly? Arbitration, man, as you were laying it out, I was just gonna say to me, it's just such a scam. The fact that <laughs> I mean, the fact that this guy is clearly worth way more than five million. Yeah, he's worth way more than the seven and a half yeah. million that he asked for. But the way that it's designed is for him to not actually get paid what his market value is, and that's the benefit of the arbitration years and the team control. So he is a, I wouldn't say a victim because $5 million is still a lot of money, but he is a product of that or his contract or arbitration contract is a product of that and just another example of that. And you hope that as these negotiations continue, that there's no hard feelings about just the business side of the the whole thing. Like yeah. the fact that they weren't yeah. able to get get down to an actual long term deal before the arbitration stuff happened. Because arbitration is just ugly. You're you're listening to your employer basically tell you all the things that they don't like about you. Meanwhile, you are objectively excellent at what you do. Yeah, and especially coming off of a, you know, gold glove season, a year in which he'd had the best <laughs> You know, um, you know, offensive year, really, in terms of run production. You know, he hit 30 homers again for the second straight year, but he drove in 107 this year. Batting average wasn't there, but uh, what he did, he almost became a 30-30 guy, you know, this past season. I think he ended the year with, what, 25, 27 stolen bases, something like that. Yeah. Um, but he won a World Series. <laughs> you know, he made the last out for your team, and... Uh, for the World Series, and it, it's one of the most difficult things probably when that is the end result, and then you have to hear your ball club tell you all of the reasons why they're not going to pay you what you want, or at least half of even what you're worth according to average annual value for the type of production that your peers are putting up. But uh, he was asked um, this weekend also about what he thinks his future holds here in Houston and how he's approaching things. Do you have those conversations and where that may go from here? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always told him I'm, I'm always open to talk. Um, you know, I enjoy playing here, playing for the fans, playing in Houston, playing, you know, with the guys in this locker room. So, um, you know, we'll see We'll see where it goes from here. Could you see, based on what you've heard so far, could you see something happening uh, this year before spring training during the season? How do you look at that? Um... I mean, I don't want to like guarantee anything, um, but I mean, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I'm here regardless. You know, this year, next two, so you know, unless something changes. But you know, as of right now, I'm just trying to focus on the season, get ready, and you know, try and run it back. I think that's interesting. I don't want to guarantee anything. I, I heard that initially, and it just kind of, you know, it went over the top of my head. But I heard it again and again and again. And it's like I don't want to guarantee anything. Just knowing what we know 
already about their new general manager, Dana Brown, how aggressive he says he wants to be, you know, being willing to hand out longer term contracts and making sure homegrown talent stays put here in Houston. And clearly there's discussions going on, whether it just be amongst the Astro front office, maybe with Tucker and his agent. I don't know how in depth they're talking right now, but it sounds like Tucker's like, it's going pretty well. Yeah. I don't want to guarantee anything, but at least I'm here for the next couple. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. I, I liked hearing that. Well, from Tucker. well, shout out to Mark Berman for being the in your face reporter to ask the even the most awkward questions. And there's nothing wrong with that question that Mark's at. It's never there. awkward for Berman either. It's <laughs> never awkward. Like he is literally just like born for this. It feels like, yes. but. I mean, let's be honest here. It's not like Kyle Tucker is doing the negotiations himself. You know, he has somebody, he has an agent that's negotiating on his behalf. So, like, it's it's it would not be wise of him to say one way or the other that, hey, yeah, we're going to get a deal done or, hey, we're not going to get a, a deal done because he ain't the one that's doing the negotiating. Now, of mm-hmm. course, he's the client. So, uh, Casey Close, his agent is negotiating on his behalf. But he would be foolish to kind of tip his hand one way or the other. So, like, I, I don't read too much into that part of it. I just kind of go back to conceptually what's going on with the Astros and this embarrassment of riches, this first world problem that they have mm-hmm. where you're kind of a, a prisoner or victim of your own success here. Because you've got so many guys. When you go on a run like this, okay, when you are, you know, two World Series in six years and all of these straight ALCS appearances and all of these World Series appearances that they had, there's clearly a lot of talent here. And they've seen a lot of it go out, you know, go out the door for free agency and everything. Yeah, great point. Mm -hmm. But they also have had a lot of young players that contributed to these championship runs. And at some point, that bill is going to come due. And we're seeing it now especially now coming off the second World Series. What do we see? Christian Javier gets an extension. Framber Valdez is somebody that they're obviously going to have to have that conversation about or having that conversation about, yes. I would imagine. They paid Rafael Montero in free agency <laughs> a bunch of money. I think he's, that, what, the third highest relief pitcher? And it confounded the baseball world. Yeah. Like Folks in baseball are really confused by how much they prioritize Rafael Montero. Yeah. But it just goes to show, and, and he was a very important piece to the World Series run. But it just goes to show you mm-hmm. how many different priorities they got, especially now that they've got a guy, a, a general manager who believes sure. in re-upping the guys that got you there. Sure, I think along with Ryan Presley, I think uh, Presley and Montero are amongst the uh, maybe top five highest paid relief pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah, um, I, I know it's right there. I looked at those numbers before. Um, you know, similarly, if you feel pretty good about Kyle Tucker and his status going forward, at least. Uh, him being an Astro for the foreseeable future. You know you've got him locked up through the 2025 season. You should feel pretty darn good about Jose Altuve, who spoke with the media this weekend as well, says he wants to retire an Astro, and it sounds very, very likely. Yeah, no, uh, I think I like when he said that, obviously, you know, being all my career here, and I hope to to retire here. So I think we are in the same place. Yeah, happy to, to play with my teammates in Houston, with my friends, like I always say. 
All right, a lot of music in the background there, but uh, yeah, they're, they're the in the locker room. They're yeah. in the locker room, yeah. Club Astro already in full effect, you know, during spring training. But uh, he was asked to follow up and reiterated his current and future status when he was asked how important it is to actually get an extension done this year. Here's what I he think that the important thing is uh, right now is we are in the same page, like I just said a minute ago. And, uh, you know, they said they want to keep me here. I want to stay here. So that's that's I think that's great for both sides. There you go. You yeah. got to feel really good about that um, from Jose Altuve. I mean, I know you're listening to me like, hey, Bijani, it's it's Altuve. He's not going to go anywhere. Well, I mean, you know, let's not pretend that this is a common occurrence. I mean, the first two guys that I think of is Biggio and Bagwell. I mean, they were Astro lifers, but that those those guys are anomalies in sports today, but specifically baseball. Um, it just doesn't happen. And you just got done kind of laying it out, B. Scott. I mean, it is it is an embarrassment of riches, but the Astros are in a position now as an organization, as a franchise, in which with their general manager and I think the confidence that owner Jim Crane has in Dana Brown already, it seems like that he's going to trust a baseball lifer to make the best decision possible. And in doing that, it is making sure you lock up the face of the franchise especially when Altuve is still playing ball at a very, very high level right now. How awkward would it be to see Jose Altuve wearing somebody else's jersey, wearing somebody else's uniform? I mean, I imagine it would probably feel just as stupid as it did watching Akeem Olajuwon, you know, go up and down the floor in a Toronto Raptors jersey. It's the first thing I think of. (laughs) You know, It's literally the first thing I think of. It's like Jose Altuve somewhere else feels and sounds and probably looks like Hakeem Olajuwon in Canada <laughs> yeah. wearing a Raptors jersey or like there's a I feel like there's an image of Hakeem Olajuwon in a Raptors jersey being guarded by Patrick Ewan in an Orlando Magic jersey well because Patrick Ewan did, so weird. Did, did that as well left left the dicks and it had a run with the with the Magic I'm sure there's and, some and pretty good Seattle memes too. out there with those two yeah <laughs> but but it and, and th- those guys were washed at that point who knows where Jose Altuve is going to be in sort of his player arc at that point I have no idea but it just seems right that Jose Altuve would be here that's why with this one I'm more interested to see what the numbers would actually look like and I am too with Kyle Tucker we were having that discussion but we expect those numbers to be astronomical for the reasons that we mentioned, that Kyle Tucker is just an elite right fielder and an elite baseball player at this point in the year. Last year, well, year before last, after like May, so like from June 1st on, Kyle Tucker was obviously or, or uh, quite frankly one of the best players in baseball, if not the best hitter in baseball at one point. Yeah. Uh, so like and people forget about that because he had such a like an abysmal start to the season. So it doesn't necessarily reflect in his numbers. So his 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 next contract is going to be astronomical. Jose Altuve, it's interesting because he doesn't feel like necessarily the same dynamic player that he was. He went through that awful stretch last year where and especially even in the postseason where it seemed like he kind of fell off of a cliff. Oh, the postseason was just a different level. Back. Yeah, I mean, I mean he was he was over like twenty I don't know, I don't remember how far it got. It was but, bad, yeah. But it got it got really bad and really awkward there with him not getting a hit for a long time. But overall, he was still one of the top second basemen in baseball. Like, mm-hmm. it, the, the feeling could easily be, from based off of that slump, that Jose Altuve is a declining player. Yeah. Um, ba- based off of some of his base running mishaps that he will frequently have because he's really aggressive on the base paths. You think, is he still as athletic as he used to be? 
Is he is he the is Jose Altuve at age what is he 31, 32 now? Thirty two. Is, is he still the player that he once was? And that, and that's a fair question. He I mean, probably is not. Yeah, I mean the answer is no, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But he's but he's still really really good. Really good. And then on top of that, he means a lot to your franchise. Just uh, just into not not just the emotional connection, but just sort of the whole the whole aesthetic of it all. Like they they the they as in the locker room and the and the organization in of itself value Jose Altuve I'll be interested to see what that looks like in a contract yeah you know I really I want to have a I wish I could have a really um adamant take here you know in regards to great players in Major League Baseball but specifically Jose Altuve in this instance it's just hard for me and it's because I don't really trust my gut but I just feel like in baseball it's a little bit easier than in any other sport to kind of retain those guys like an Altuve who have been so great for an organization that is a homegrown product, so to speak. Um, and, and you can make sure you see them through. It doesn't happen all the time. I mean, I just got telling you that, I mean, there's two guys, Bidjo and Bagwell, that you associate with Astro Lifers. It doesn't happen all the time, right? I mean, yeah. there have been plenty of guys over the course, even the last 10, 15 years since those guys have you know moved on, they've retired. That I thought, sure, these guys are going to be Astros forever. Dallas Keuchel was one of those guys. I just yeah. thought he was going to be an Astro forever. I thought Justin Verlander, after winning a World Series, and then two, was going to retire an Astro. It just doesn't happen. Um, but see, he, but that's great that you go down that list because Altuve stands alone. He's different from all those guys. You're, you're right. You're right. I mean, uh, he, absolutely different from all those guys. Well, yes. His, I mean, his place. With the franchise, with the city, mm-hmm. it it is certainly different. He is situated differently than the Keikels and the Verlanders. Of sure, the world. but you know JJ Watt. You know if we're going to cross board okay. reference, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's another go. guy. I figured yeah. he retires a Texan. I thought Andre Johnson would retire as a Texan. I mean DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> well, if, stuff happens. Hey, if the if the Texans were winning Super Bowls the way the Astros are winning World Series, sure, I or feel even like those guys would still be around, or even going to conference championship games. You know things like that. Uh, I I think the Astros can make it happen, but Altuve's thirty two. He just got he just hit three hundred and had an incredible final month of the season to do so mm-hmm. to even get to that point. Whatever his next contract is going to be with the Houston Astros, I don't think it's going to be his last. So I think the prospect of him, I think the prospect of there maybe even being doubt that he finishes career with the Houston Astros isn't for this contract, but the next one. Yeah. I think there could be a next one. You know, when he's maybe 38, you know, 37, 38 years of age. Maybe oh. he gets a four or five year deal here and at the wait, wait, wait. At 38? Yeah. I, no, dude. I'm I, I'm 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 in on it now. 38 year old Jose Altuve, I'm not interested in. Okay, but here's the question like, though. Not even what if bit. Jose Altuve is five hundred hits away at the age of thirty eight from three thousand? And he wants to keep going, but you've got this stud second baseman in the farm system at that point in time, and you're just like, mm. oh, man, you know what I mean? Like, that's a buzz. I think deal, that's what Sean. we've all been thinking about, right? Already for the last three, four, five years is this trajectory. Like, we're thinking three thousand hits, three thousand hits. I mean, he's at uh, nineteen thirty-five right now for a career. Yeah, yeah. I I got a lot of nostalgia attached to Jose Altuve. I'm I'm not interested in the contract just to entertain that his, his personal records or his, his individual records like that. That would be the conversation that I would be out on at that point. And obviously, it would depend on what type of player he is at that point. But I'm I'm viewing it a little differently there. Whereas th- this next contract 
for me would be the last one, at least until we get to the end of that one when we see where we are. But but until uh, Altuve's hitting three hundred at the age of thirty six, thirty seven years old, dude, I might rethink it. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to imagine it, but yeah, <laughs> hey, 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 look, that would be a great problem to have. I'm not going to have. I'm not going to pass any doubt on this guy, man, with what he's done so far in his career, which is a Hall of Fame career, no doubt. He's Brandon K. Scott, Sean Bajani in for Payne and Pendergast. Coming up next, hour number two of the program, a profile from B. Scott on the Texans' new offensive coordinator. Some things you should think about next at Sports Radio 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.